Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, we got a preview show on my block podcast, Packers podcast. I'm your host, Mike Wall. Thanks for watching. If you're enjoying this, please subscribe, rate, and review on our YouTube channel, Process to Perform. Check the On My Block podcast out on the Believe Network, Network audio version anywhere to get your podcasts. But we're going to watch film. So check out the YouTube version. You can find me at MikeWall68 on uh, X, Process to Perform on Instagram. Our show is always sponsored by Bet Online. The only people that don't get time off this year are pro athletes and us at Bet Online. Uh, NFL, bowl season's over. NBA's in full swing. There's a lot going on right now. I mean, this is like, honestly, for me, this is the best part of the year. I don't really care about college football. That was a good game. Today is nuts. We got to talk about, excuse me. BetOnline isn't taking a second off to make sure you have all the second odds, uh, second odds, news, and information. BetOnline has all the sports wagering information, wagering information available you need with both desktop and mobile access. So head there today to get in the action. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts. Uh, the Packers, I you, I honestly use bet online pretty much every time I'm checking these scores or I want to see what the odds are. And these, they've got a couple different parlay options and whatnot, but the Packers are opening this game up down seven and a half points. Um, before we do any of that, Bill Belichick, Nick Saban, Pete Carroll, uh, I'm throwing Mike Vrabel in there because I think he's going to be in that group that he's not in right now. There are some absolute dudes uh, all time. I mean, I grow up thinking Bill and Nick and and Pete in particular that are not <clears throat> no longer with their teams. And it's always time like football moves on just like anything else. It moves on for coaches too. It feels weird. It feels different that these guys, Bill won't be in New England anymore, that 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 Pete's not going to be in Seattle. I mean, I was in Seattle before Pete with Jim Mora and Mike, and Mike did some wonderful things in Seattle. But Seattle's not Seattle without Pete Carroll. And uh, for those who don't know, the Paul Allen group that would, uh, that Volcom that, that uh, was the part of his business that owned that, they – they built out this VMAX center on Lake Washington and, and it's, it's one of the nicest facilities in the country and it made it so like you could fly a guy in on a, on a, on a, uh, water plane. What are those called? That you, you land on the water and you could pull up to this dock at the facility and go, Oh my God, this is like for, if you're a player, you go, oh, this is big time. And of course they have Amazon and, and Microsoft but it wasn't like Seattle wasn't cool in the National Football League for players until Pete got there. Like he put that place on the map, obviously with the success he had, but the culture he built. But but just the enthusiasm and the excitement around that team that just they never had before him, even with Mike. And Mike was great. And the, the Seahawks with Matt and all those guys, they did so well. But but Pete changed the way that that the NFL thought about the Seattle Seahawks, the NFL players thought about Seattle Seahawks. Obviously, you could say the same in New England, you think about Bill and 
The New England Patriots are the worst fo- football team in, in the NFL when I was growing up. I mean, they were a laughing stock. Nobody even thought about it. They were they had the only thing they had was funny uniforms. And they've been the best franchise for the last 25 years. And 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 at least 50% of the reason of that is Bill Belichick. You could say more or less, you know, Kraft and, and Tom Brady, but 50% of that is Bill Belichick and the, and what he put in there culturally. Um his attention to detail, just the way he conducts business. I have so much respect for the way that, and I'm an old school guy, right? So I, I, I don't know how much this resonates with younger players now, but I have so much respect for the way that, the one, the way that, that Bill Belichick goes about his business in the media, the way he goes about his business, just with every facet of his life, right? He's a little bit of a hard ass, tough to get along with, okay. But the amount of information that he can that he can give to somebody the amount of the, the high expectations that he has for people, the way that he demands excellence. And then you think about Pete and his win forever, which he's turned into a, 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 I think a separate company, that, that idea, but you think about Pete and the enthusiasm and the love and the passion by which he goes about his business. And I'm, I'm sure Nick Saban's the same and, and, you know, a little bit in both sides. I, I don't know him as well, but it just is confounding that there are so many uh, just the changing of the guard is real now. And it'll be interesting to see who the next guys are. But I, I just wanted to, if this is the moment where they all retire or whatever they decided to do, tip my hat. Cause what a, uh, what an incredible group of humans um, individually, but also when you think of kind of the, you know, you throw Mike Tomlin in there, but he's not going anywhere. I don't think, but you think about the longevity and the, and the, the esteem that those people are held in amongst players in particular in the national football league. Um, obviously the larger fan base and, and the organizations and the owners all wish they were you know, part of their franchises, but the effect that those guys had on, on hall of fame and, and all pro and, and down to the 53rd man on the roster, the effect they have on those guys is, is very, very unique, man. They're unicorns. Let's talk about the Packers. So, so the Packers earned the seventh seed, okay? This is a new thing. You don't have a seventh seed, but the Packers earned the new seventh seed. So they travel down here to Texas. They play the second-rated Cowboys. The Packers are huge dogs, seven, I think seven and a half points. But I bring up the seeds for a reason, okay? Now, you've got to remember the history of the Dallas Cowboys. Now, the Dallas Cowboys had all the success with, with, with Troy and, and with Michael Irvin, that all-pro offensive line, Novacek tight. I mean, just dudes are um, – who they have at defense? Leonard, not Leonard Little. Uh, anyways, absolute studs, right? They go through their, their best team in the country, America's team, the whole thing. They have not been good in 30 years, postseason-wise. They're always good in the regular season, not good postseason. So now you're sitting here, and you're playing a seventh seed. Five years ago, you're on bye. Three years ago, you're on a bye week. You have a bye. You earned a bye week. The NFL got greedy, just like they're doing with the Peacock game this weekend. They got greedy. They wanted to bring in another game. They took away the second seed bye week. They added a seventh seed. Doesn't really make any sense. There's no reason to do it. They're just going to do it so they can expand playoffs later, just like the NBA's done. They're trying to ruin sports by watering everything down because they think it's going to be an incremental amount of money. So now, instead of having a bye week, they have to play a Packers team that, quite frankly, you watch the tape, the Packers can move the football on the Dallas Cowboys. They should go, they're going to go into this game supremely confident they're going to be able to score points. And they have enough talent at the individual level. Like there's matchups at the individual level in this game where defensively you go, okay, we could cause some problems. Like 
the Dallas Cowboys do not always play great against great co- playoff level competition. So you have, you have to feel if you're the green Bay Packers good about your chances, but more importantly, Dallas Cowboys, if I was sitting there, I'm not even supposed to be here right now. This is a bye week Now you got Mike McCarthy has to answer all these questions about Green Bay and blah, 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 all the team he's really known for. Uh, And he's never going to feel truly appreciated in Dallas until he wins a banner. That's just how it is. So he's got to think about all the things Jerry Jones says this weekend. I know like McCarthy blocks all that stuff out because they're pros. And honestly, they don't care about the stuff that we're talking about right now as much. But they do care about the bye week. They do care about having to play. They do care about the, being appreciated and valued in your organization. They do They do know that Green Bay, the Packers, are coming into town. It's not just another face. They do know all this stuff. And they, this is setting up, in my opinion, if you're just looking at the narrative over the last couple of years, last 10 years, last 20 years, this is setting up for an upset in Dallas. For all the reasons I just said, the Cowboys are a frustrating watch. They're the most valuable franchise in the in the NFL. Once again, regular season success, right? They have they have superstar play at superstar positions, offensively and defensively. It's enough to warrant optimism in Dallas that this could be the year. And it's like, can you get? You know, everyone's already thinking, can I? We can get to the NFC Championship in San Francisco. What does that look like? Hold on a second. Hold on a sec. They're the highest scoring offense in the National Football League. Uh, play caller now, head coach slash play caller Mike McCarthy is um, bringing back his version of the of the you know the West Coast offense. It is, I think, more creative than it was obviously a decade ago. They do it. What do they do? They do a phenomenal job of putting the ball in hands of really good players, right? And that's what that's exactly what a play caller is supposed to do. Dak is as playing as masterfully, I think, as he ever has. We'll, we'll break that tape down a little bit more. A similar but not quite the same defense that was breaking all the turnover records last year on uh, uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. Dan Quinn always does a phenomenal job. Probably out of there this year, going to get a head coaching job, maybe in one of the positions we just talked about. I think the name of the game for Dallas really is location, though. A little bit of competition, but really location. They're going on two seasons, like 16-0, and 0, when they're at home. They look absolutely phenomenal at home, undefeated. Um on turf, unstoppable on offense. Great, greatest show on turf, take two, right? They're averaging 30 points a game right now. They average way more than that when they play on turf, way less than that when they don't. They're also the best version of the schoolyard bu- bully that the NFL has to offer. And I, what I mean by that is they will beat up on bad football teams and they will get a ton of sacks at the end of the game. They will score 35-ish points. Uh, you know, against these bad teams, man, they run it up and they make you look bad. Against good teams, a little bit different story. Not that they haven't delivered, not that they haven't scored points, but it's just it's if you cut the herd on playoff teams versus non-playoff teams, what they look like, you almost have to look at what do you look like against a good team? And I know we can say that about everything, but I don't know that the volatility in performance is as is as uh vast a gap with any other team that is for the Dallas Cowboys. What they do have are elite level difference makers, wide receiver position, defensive end position. Those guys make plays. You see in the Detroit game, individuals on this team live up to that star on their helmet. Not everybody can live up to that star on your helmet. That is a burden for elite level players to have to play with. It's an opportunity for the best. It's a burden for those who can't quite live up to it. 
The Cowboys, let's talk about Cowboys defense for a second. So here's Cowboys defense stats. 18.5 points per game, 299.7 yards per game, 112 rushing though. So they're top five uh, points per game, top five yards per game, 16th in rushing per game. And there's a lot of reasons for that. You, sometimes when you're down, you're playing a little bit softer. The Cowboys defense has more name recognition maybe than any other defense in the National Football League. You think about it. You got Demarcus Lawrence, elite pass rusher, kind of elite Swiss Army knife, can do everything at a really, really high level. Michael Parsons could probably play every position on defense. He's so athletic. All-time Hall of Famer and it's Stephon Gilmore. Deron Bland comes in when Diggs gets hurt. He was, I think, the leading candidate for defensive player of the year for the first half of the season before he, I think he got exposed by Seattle as far as like jumping all these routes isn't going to work against really, really good guys. Um, he's really a good proxy for the defense, actually. You think about Deron Bland and like how I view this defense is they're bullies, right? If you play, if you're going, they'll sit back deep. They'll play a light box. They have small, small guys in the box that they'll try to stop the run with. But if you sit there and try to throw on time because you're worried about the pass rush, they're going to jump routes and make you look stupid. If you ha can hold up, if your play-action game's running, if you can run the football, things look a lot different against this Dallas Cowboys team. They got a guy that they play in the box a lot. Marquise Bell, number 14. He weighs 205 pounds. He's a linebacker. Now, when I was playing line back in the day, if you brought a 235-pound linebacker to the table, we would literally laugh at Sherman. I've told this story. They brought in Nick Barnett at middle linebacker. And, and I think Mike Flanagan and I went up to Mike and we're like, dude, are you serious? We're gonna this guy's gonna get murdered because all the guys were 250. Now Nick got bigger. One, and he was really, really good. But it took him a couple years because, like, he was small. Now these guys, 205 pounds. If you put a 205 pound in a, in a six-man box, you put a 205 pound defender in there in a six-man box, and you aren't running the football, man, go home and play another sport because that is ridiculous. I don't care. Oh, it's tough to watch. It's frustrating to watch. Offensive lineman is frustrating to watch. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Here's the thing about Dallas. They play a ton of off coverage. They're going to sit back 8, 10 yards. They've got one guy up who's run trips. Everybody else is way, way off. Small defenders in the box. If you have a plan for Parsons as far as – just as far as recognition. I'm not talking about, oh, we need to chip him. Just as far as recognition, how are we going to count him? Because he'll line up at different places. You can move the football on the ground. You can set up a good play-action pass game. Off coverage, here's what you're looking for. A lot of underneath routes. Screens are wide open. Checkdowns are wide open. And then when they go single safety, they'll run man. You have to hit your – there are there are guys in the last couple games that are open. Commander's quarterback just can't hit them or they can't, they can't come up with a catch. These guys are – it's not like these are all contested balls either. Like these guys are open to make plays. You have to be able to make plays when plays are there to be made. All right, let's watch this tape. First thing we talk about, how to count Parsons. Okay, so you got – this is a – 33 is their linebacker. But you got a seven-man box. You got five defensive linemen. Now, if, if you're always going to count – this is like – he's like Junior Seau in that Junior Seau had a package where he would line up at defensive end, defensive tackle, linebacker, outside linebacker – 
you have to count him no matter what. So our thing going into against a say out type player was we're counting him. He's our guy. We're never going to ask a running back or tight end to block him. The offensive line is going to find a way to block him. If, if it's a tight end, I shouldn't say that. Tight ends would be part of our offensive line. But you're never going to have a wide receiver, a, a, a running back. We're never cracking it. Like, he is our guy. And that's what you have to do with Parsons. So these guys do a really good job. Go back here. Sorry. Come on, Mike. These guys do a really good job of splitting the zone looks. So 97, I'm not going to try to pronounce his name. I'm just going to tell you he's a pretty good player. He's undersized, but he can move. He does a really good job of attacking the single block on the double team, and he does a good job of splitting and getting penetration upfield. So this is a big job for the, the Green Bay Packers because what happens is now you have a hard time getting to 33. 33 can make a lot of plays. He can fly around the football. I think we're going to see it here. If you run zone, if you run gap plays with good doubles, you can exploit small players. Okay? So inside zone, you're thinking, how do I get two people on small people and move them to smaller people at the second level? That's what you. That's what the ideal situation here. And put them in a situation where we can keep our shoulder pads square to the line of scrimmage so that we're not going sideways and they can, they can kind of crease us by the defensive tackle winning in the gap between the guard and the center. So you just see here, 33 can't be right if you actually get up on Parsons and get good doubles, backside cutoff, okay? Because it's not like these guys are world beaters. They don't have household names at the defensive tackle position. They're all good players, but they don't have household names. What they have is a system and a, and a speed of play that, that if you try to run with them or if you try to outflank them, you're in for a long day. This is a fast flow defense. So I like how they play out on the outside, but you you watch 33 here just from a just from a speed of play standpoint. Talking about Demon, uh, Damon Clark. So they're gonna run the crack. And of course, it's difficult to crack against Micah Parsons. So first of all, like let's be smart about what we're trying to do. Everybody on this team is trying to force the cutback. You see outside, the cornerbacks getting to the sideline. You see the angle of 33 ends up, ends up making the play, but they're just trying to get that guy to slow down, cut back, and they, it is really, really tough to run outside on them if you can't get that down block. And then this is understanding leverage. We've talked about this before. When you're running these doubles, they do a good job of attacking that single. And you'll see this right tackle because he attacks the guard and kind of turns his body. Talking about the defensive tackle here. That right tackle has to turn. And now he looks. He, so, so there's some O-line coaches that are saying good job here. But the reality is you can't get up to the second level because you've turned your body. You're not squared at the line of scrimmage. So the defensive tackle's done his job. Now the second level player, even though he's tiny, can come up and make the tackle in the box. Against this team, you have to use the entire field. They're going to run a lot of two shell. They'll run some single safety, but they're all off coverage. So you see the trips look to the left. You got the tight end down at the right, backs in the backfield. So you really have you could have a possible four look on the on the left side with that back releasing to the left. But you got the backside safety here, and you're not occupying them at all. 
So they're running the fake tunnel screen and go. They don't bite. The, the commander's offense is not good. Like the commander's offense is so bad. The commander's defense is so bad that I had to go back and watch the Lions defense. I'm going to go show you some Lions. So I'll show you both. I almost did the same thing with the Lions offense, but I, this was good enough. But my point is you don't, you have nothing to hold the backside safety down here, right? They, they released the back, I think out to the, out to the right here to, to hold the backside corner. There's nothing to hold the backside safety. Like, this play is – you have to scheme plays that just make sense, right? Against And the thing is, and we're right with Jordan Love, if the play doesn't make sense, man, get out of it. Don't run it just to run it. Save it for save it for the right look at the right time. Got a high single safety again. And so they got really a two-by-two two look. Titans attached. Safety turns, and this throw is open. This is man coverage. This throw is open to the tight end on the uh, top of the numbers, on the top of the screen. It's open. He's beat his man. He's beating the linebacker. The linebacker has a lot of responsibility in this in this uh, this defense because they run a lot of man stuff. Safety can't get there. He he IDs early with flipping his hips. He doesn't backpedal. Like these plays have to be made. They're just those are just throws you're not making. Now here's the other thing. You've got. All these guys off the line of scrimmage. I'm including the linebacker at the 40 at the 39 yard line because he's five yards off. And because of it, all this jet action stuff, like what what works if you're playing off? Well, anything like if you want to threaten their um their their lever their angles or their their um outside leverage, do it when. They're going to play all this off coverage. Don't stack the box, run like a bunch, look right next to the tight end, and you know, let Parsons know that you're going to crack block him. Spread the field out, run the jet stuff with Jaden Reed. Like that, those plays are going to have, uh, I think, something to say about this game. Have to know the coverage. Have to. So this screen game's open. All you got to understand is who the man is. They're going to play a lot of man down here. They'll play single safety. They trust their corners. They think the pass rush is going to get there so they can jump a lot of stuff. They'll play off so they can jump it, right? Because the quarterback's going to get rid of the ball. If you can identify the coverage and get out and on that linebacker and man, man, you can have a lot of success in the screen game. Now we tried to run it the first play of the game last week. We didn't identify the linebacker. Myers turned back inside because he, I guess he got the count wrong as far as who was out first. So Aaron Jones slips and only gets a four-yard game when it could have been much, much more than that. Same idea here. Identify, understand the coverage, understand your leverage. So they're going to run the tunnel screen, and they do a good job because everybody else is so far off. You see the red circles. Like, you're great here. And if, unless you think that the, the, the man in green is some kind of world beater – Right, that's just one of these 195 pounds soaking wet DBs. Go out there, show them a little something, and then attack the attack the corner and run the tunnel screen. Have your tackle come out. A lot of teams are running this now, especially with guys that love to spike, like we see here from 50 uh, 56, or that like to rush the passer upfield at a high level. Marcus Lawrence, Mike, all these guys are going after. They want the sack numbers. Get out here in the tunnels early. Take advantage of the fact that the safeties are playing so far back and don't do a good job of reacting to the run game. I mean, these are easy yards. And that's what you need against a Dallas defense, man. You need easy yards. So they're going to give you a lot of this stuff. You just have to be able to take it. 
So you see here, they'll make mistakes. Turns his shoulders. So we release one. They pick up two, so they're playing match. You got the man down at the bottom of the screen outside. They forget about the running back completely. But this is this is how they're going to play second and long, third and long. They're going to play off, and you're going to have to hit that check down. That check down is going to have to get you the first. And you're going to catch the ball with eight yards of running room. You might have to make a move at the, at the marker. But these plays are all over tape. They good, I mean, fast flow defense, do a good job swarming, do a good job tackling in some cases. But the opportunities are there. It's just you can't get greedy. Trust your eyes. Make the play. And then when plays are there to be made, make a play for your guy, man. Like, this is wide open. They make mistakes. Like, everybody runs this route too, right? Go route outside, run the wheel with the running back on the linebacker or the outside or the outside backer safety. Like, make a play. And Jordan Love and the, and the Packers have been making these plays, and that's been the difference in a lot of these football games. These plays have to be made in in, in uh in Arlington this weekend in the in playoff games. So you want to, you want to go in at seven seven and a half point dog and win. Plays have to be made. This is the last this guy is 205. Okay. If the Dallas Cowboys get to a point in this game where they're up a couple touchdowns, they want to play six in the box in the run game and give you five yards of carry. And then they want to load up, run a couple different looks and stunts. Unleash uh, Demarcus Lawrence, who's who's the best pass rusher on their team, and then Micah Parsons, obviously, who gets all the credit because he's a phenomenal player. But Demarcus Lawrence is the best pass rusher on, the, rusher on this team, bar none. Ninety-seven is really good too. But if if you want to unleash Dante Fowler, I mean, they got some dudes. They got some, they got some dudes. You're gonna it's gonna be a long day. Okay, it's going to be a long day. If they start, if you see this and you're Jordan Love and you got your tight end attached and they're playing six in the box with number 14 in the, in, in the game and your center whiffs on him and you only get, I mean, it's still a five-yard gain, right? You're falling forward for five because he weighs 205 pounds. So in other words, if he tackles you on the line of scrimmage, it's still a four-yard gain. Got to make plays when there's plays to be made. Got to make plays when there's plays to be made. Cannot cannot allow a 205 pound box player to stop the run game to stop the intent of running the, the, the football this offense cowboys offense 29.9 points per game number one in the league 371.5 yards per game number five in the league 112 rushing yards per game 14th in the league and it starts up front so dallas cowboys have two hall of famers Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, really, really good. Zach was sick last week. I think he was ill. Tyler Smith, who started for Tryon last last year at, at tackles, playing guard. He was hurt last week. He's If he's playing, he's really good. When I talk about Elgin Jenkins and what the possibilities are, watch this guy if he's playing and watch how he tries to finish every block. That's what the mentality – like he's got that mentality. Like I'm an left guard. This guy, this kid wants to be a finisher in the run game. I, I like watching him. And then they have this guy, Jake Ferguson, up and coming. Here's a funny story about Jake Ferguson. So I'm doing my fantasy football deal. And uh, 
I don't, I auto draft and I got a D minus on my auto draft, which I don't, uh, Yahoo, I don't know what the hell they're doing, but somehow they gave me a D minus. And at the time, Jake Ferguson was a backup. So they draft Jake Ferguson, my starting guy. But here's the thing. Then I read somewhere that Jake Ferguson is dating one of those Miami basketball players. I don't think they play for Miami anymore, but they're like TikTok stars. And I said, I'm keeping him. And I announced to my draft team, I'm keeping this guy. Because Jerry Jones wants those views. I know it and you know it. Jake Ferguson is going to catch a ton of football. I didn't know anything about Jake Ferguson, except for that he was now dating somebody that was famous on TikTok. And I knew that was enough to make sure Jerry Jones was walking into the building telling McCarthy, make sure that boy gets the ball. We need those fans. Absolutely correct. Could be a bad premise, but I was absolutely correct. Guy is killing it. Five-tool tight end, kick and block too. I really like the way he plays. Higher, high-level passing game player. Dak Prescott is having another Dak Prescott year. 4,500 yards, 70, almost 70% uh, completion percentage. But being the Dallas quarterback comes with a heavy bird menu. I mean, every time he steps on the field, he's chasing ghosts. Every He's chasing Staubach. He's chasing Troy Aikman. Not statistically, because it's way easier to make statistics up now in the National Football League. 17-game season, James rings. He's chasing the, the banners that Troy Aikman won. And, it, and when it comes to playing against high, high-level competition in the playoffs, they just have not delivered because, I, my opinion, one of the reasons has to be these guys are always chasing ghosts of the past, man. It's, and their, their owner brings it up every single week, every day, in his, in his various media shows and whatnot. But if you, th- if you think – it's one thing if I say it. It's one thing if, you know, Joe at 92.9 says it. It's another thing if the owner keeps reminding you. I had an owner in Carolina. We were playing Bill Belichick and the, and the Patriots. He didn't want to lose to Bill. He comes up to me and in the, in the, at the beginning of the game, and he goes, don't you F this up. And I just I was real arrogant. I go, I don't F it up. You know, just looking back there, challenging him. But I just thought to myself, like, in retrospect, I look back and I go, for somebody, that could actually really screw him up. You know, it's like it, that, that challenge from the owner, having to hear that constantly, that's something that um, – not everybody can handle. That's tough. And it doesn't make you a, a non-competitor. It's just you don't need that constant grind. The weight of the world is on these guys trying to trying to play at a high level for football games. But they're really good. They got players. They're, they're, they, this is one of those teams like a Dallas offenses in the past where you could say they have Pro Bowl players at, at every position or darn near it. Maybe not all the way across the offensive line here, but a lot of these guys are really, really good. Let's take a look. Now, again, just like I did with Atlanta a couple weeks ago, this Washington Commanders defense, Ron Rivera. I, it's like I felt bad for Ron. I know Ron got fired. Ron's a Ron. Ron comes off as like one of the best dudes. Love to play for him. Love the guy. Loved him in Carolina, man. Loved him in Carolina. But they get rid of their. They get rid of Sweat. They get rid of uh, uh, Chase, and you, you just go well. Wait a second. Why did you, you just get rid of their best players? What are you doing? I know they got Deron Payne. I know and and, and Allen, but you can't. I don't know how a team competes in the NFC East and you get rid of your two best pass rushers. And I know I, I'm sure they have some grand plan. Like all these teams, it's like all these teams firing these good coaches. It's like the Tennessee coach is firing Mike Vrabel, and then it comes out that they didn't like the way. And I don't know if it's true. This lady who you know, Bud Adams' daughter, who now runs the team because she's an expert. She's, there's something to the effect of, oh, I didn't like the way Variable talked to the when he got inducted to the Patriots Hall of Fame. It's like, 
do you not know anything about football, man? Like, what are we doing? Like, you just got rid of a top five, top three, what, from a locker room respect guy that people want to play for, top three guy. If that's the case, then someone needs to, like, someone needs to sit in the room with the decision makers in that building. Let's just put it that way. That's, that's ridiculous. Anyways, all hands on deck for 88. <laughs> 80, if you wear 88 in Dallas, you're a dog. <laughs> and this dude's a real deal. So, the... They do under center play action. is So they run the ball good enough, right? They're middle of the pack, 14th in the league. They run the ball good enough. And because they run the ball good enough, it's always we're peeking in the backfield. What's going on? What's going on? And like, you can't peek in the backfield versus CD Lamb. Bye-bye. I mean, think about how off he is on this guy, on the tight end. I mean, they're just all screwed up because they do a good enough job. Great sell action by Dak. Great offensive line work. I mean, it's it, that part of their game, and that is a Mike McCarthy. You know, that's a that's a pride thing for him. We're gonna look the part when we're doing our play action stuff. The Commanders are not good. You have to take your 50-50 chances when Dak gives you something. Like if your eyes are in the backfield, you got to make a play on this ball. Not a terrible throw. Not a. I, I'm just saying. There's multiple times, even on this drive, where it's like, you got to have this. They're going to give you 50-50 balls. Like, you you know, like, the defender is running this route. There's He's not going to the left. Look at the space that's on the right. The corner is, the corner is running the route for the guy, and Dak throws back shoulder. He never gets his head around, and they catch a touchdown. These are the play, and Dak's a good player, man. I mean, he's a really, really good football player, and they've got good guys. But you can't go into a place and run the route for the corner or for as a corner, and then give up the 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 pass on a on a back of the end zone. It's not a damn go route. And this is the kind of stuff where you watch tape sometimes. You're like, well, do I want to measure what the Packers can do against what the Commanders did? I really, it's hard. Jake Ferguson. You know, I I joke about the TikTok relationship, but he's really good. And this is what, when I was talking about for the Packers fans, so I'm talking about Musgrave and Tucker Craft and like what, um, what you want to see. He looks like Gronkowski here. Okay. So it's second step down, one, two, bam, takes the edge off, stays square to the line of scrimmage and attacks second level. Okay. Look what he does to open up the hole here. Now, the safety comes down and blows this play up because he just he he just destroys the crack block. But Ferguson is really really good in the running game. And if you're playing six in the box, he's backside here. By the way, he'll he'll glove up this uh, defensive end. But if you're if you're playing six in the box against the Dallas Cowboys, I'm just the Green Bay Packers. I'm just saying it now. You are playing with fire, especially if you play linebackers off. We played the commanders this year. We talked about it. They play off a little bit in the second level. They're going to get two double teams here, and they're going to win, and they're just going to push their guys up to the second level. And So what I'm saying is you're going to fall forward for five every time. Look at Ferguson on the backside, gloving this guy up hands inside, by the way. That's what I'm talking about. When you talk about excellent, excellent tight end play, that's what it is. So we can say we can sit here and go, oh, that's a five-yard carry. It's if you're falling forward for five or five and a half yards. And if you're going to play with six in the box, man, it doesn't have to be pretty. You're going to be there all day. So they have, look at this, fullback insert into the A-gap to really 
they're going to lead on the backside backer, but he's really helping for like the spike look or anything that happens in that with that backside center. Okay. So he's basically got a bumper, both players run through, but it's just another six V six blocking scheme. Your extra players, your running back. And you, if you wanted to run Dak, you'd have seven on, on, on six. I don't know if the commanders are thinking about the draft or not in this play. I, you know, I you, again, I'm watching this game and I'm like, all right, I, I want to give people something to think about what the Packers could be looking at. And I, I'm watching this game and I'm going, nobody's, this is stupid. Who's going to do this? I mean, who is going to run six man box when you have nobody inside to play? You have the linebackers or I don't know their names. You've got rid of your defensive ends. You've got two good players at defensive tackle, but they can't be in the game all the time. Look at this. Like, what are you doing? The tight end runs over the the, the, the backup tight end, destroys your run, your uh, your linebacker. That's what happens when you get a long season. It's the last game of the season. The commanders are going like, all right, a coach is getting fired. That means that we're not doing a good job. Uh, you know, what time's the flight out of here? It's this is all nonsense. You got to go out and play. The Cowboys are out and playing, but man, this is. Think about vacation. <laughs> so, again, the the Cowboys here are just really too. They're they're just really a, in a in a trips right tight end attach. They're going to send the back out to the left, so it's going to be end up being a three by two with an empty look. Okay, and you have to account for this. They're going to put their running back out in in the in the uh, route formation or route progression a lot, and for whatever reason. You see this linebacker walk up at the line of scrimmage here, talking about the guy on the on the hash mark at the 38-yard line, top hash, and he's pointing to – I don't know if he's pointing to the tight end. I don't know what the hell he's doing, but he just decides, I guess we're not going to cover the running back now. And this is the thing against the Dallas Cowboys. They run up against bad teams. So bad teams do this. I don't know why. But if you're the Green Bay Packers, you cannot have these kind of mistakes. And we've talked about the last couple of weeks. Communication is absolutely vital for that secondary. This is exactly what we're talking about. They're going to look at the, if they go back and look at the Tampa game, they're going to go, oh, I've seen this before. This is absolutely vital. But before we go to the Lions, don't forget that this is the playoff Cowboys. And all I mean by that is Dak does nothing wrong here, but bad stuff happens to them sometimes. Dak has tip ball interceptions gets off his first or second look interception. Like this stuff does happen, not just to this team, but to every team, but they do have that playoff thing looming over their head. Okay. Now this is a playoff caliber defense in the Detroit lions. I'm going to show this play from two angles, show you two different things. So first is let's just move people at the line of scrimmage and have a plan at the second level to be able to attack downhill. So they're going to spike. And they're going to bring 34 down, right? Nowhere to go. Tron Smith has no answer for it. But really, when you look at the backside, Aiden Hutchinson, they know right now the way he lined up and everything that's happening here, they know that they're either going to run the quick pitch or they're going to run a backside zone. Hutchinson knows it's backside zone. So he says, I'm just going to beat Jake Ferguson on the outside. Or excuse me. I'm going to beat Jake Ferguson across his face to the ball. And there's nothing a tight end can do in this situation. There's just, I mean, he rides up four eye. 
gaps there, Gonzo. Okay, you just have to. And this is a this is a question of watching enough film to know when plays are being made and having calls or checks to get into the right position and then taking your shots. You got to force the issue. They've got men up, so they've really got a three-man. It looks like they're running three-man line, but they've got six on the line of scrimmage. They're making you account for people at the line of scrimmage. Here's what happens. If you walk a guy up, this will happen against the Green Bay Packers with Michael Parsons. When you walk a guy up, he's standing up over like the center or the guard, and let's say you're running outside zone, you think it should be easy to block that guy because he doesn't have leverage. But the truth is he can, he's very, very nimble at that point. He can just turn his shoulders and run away from you. Okay. And that's what can happen when you're trying to maybe get outside with a quick toss here. They just do a great job, not only of setting the edge, but just playing like your hair's on fire. This is a team that plays extremely hard, has a lot of pride, and they can do a really good job of making things difficult for what I think is a good Cowboys offensive line. This is the difference in the game. So what I did is I just went through the first quarter of the, the Lions game just to get some better tape. And what you see is, very simply, Dak Prescott, they're making some adjustments. Obviously, four-man rush here. Has a little bit of time. Throws to his guy. Okay. Six-yard gain. Not a first down. Right? Fair enough. Throws to his guy. Dude, do your job. Come on. Picks up an extra 30. So he broke the record in this game for a reason. Right? And that's the difference. And that's the difference in this game. The difference in the game was their superstar player. The difference in the game was obviously the call at the end, the worst call in, in the NFL this year. But the real difference up until that moment was CeeDee Lamb is better than anybody on the Dallas. The Dallas Cowboys couldn't tackle CeeDee Lamb. They fell down on the route. I'll show it to you. And that that is enough with elite-level superstar talent you can't let those guys be the people that beat you. So Dak's going to give you opportunities. You see that he gets off the spot a couple times. He's got wide open player, decides to throw to the sideline instead. Pick. There's a lot to be. There's a lot made of Dak Prescott because he's the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. He is in a. He he is a, a top. I don't know quarterback in this in this league. He's a very very good player. He is not without fault, and one of his things is this: he he does cough the ball up a couple times in crucial situations. Now, this is what I call reading your mail with two L's because it's so significant. What do I mean by that? Got a square stance from the defensive end, and he knows because of this formation. At this position, with the tackle that far off the line of scrimmage, with the left guard stance, he knows they're doing the double pull and they're going to try to cut him off with 18. So he narrows down. He reads the mail. He ends up making the play in the backfield. Again, this is all first quarter stuff. Okay? Playing aggressive, tackles for loss. Now, again, difference in the game. They're going to take their safety at the 25. They're going to sit him and trap backside, go into a single safety look. He's going to trap that dig route. And that leaves an opportunity in the seam 
that they've covered well. Like this is just this is just good defensive play. You can barely see the guy down at the bottom of the screen who's singled up, but they go to single safety high. They start in like a quarter's look, and they really just box in number three, like every other team does, like the Packers do all the time. You got it. Dak tries to hit the seam route. Not there. Here's where we get into trouble. Third down. You got to close the door. This is an elite level play from Dak. And then obviously having a wide receiver that is able to make the adjustment. Now you're all by yourself. Guy falls down. It's a 96-yard touchdown. So you want to pad your stats? That's a good way to do it. And I think when you when you think about the Dallas Cowboys, they're going to come into this game, I would imagine, and think that they're going to be able to just move the ball down the field. If the Packers can give them trouble, it really does come down to, can Jair Alexander stop CeeDee Lamb enough times? Can Quay or combination of who do a good job against Jake Ferguson? Can our defensive line win their one? Can can Terrence Steele get beat by Rashawn Gary enough times where Dak, you know, three sacks, thinking about him all day? Can Preston beat Tryon Smith? Can Kenny get get on their center? I mean, there's there's things that can happen in this game. There's a path to victory for sure. Let's talk about matchups. Number one, let's talk Packers safety safeties versus the run. So I just showed you, I think Green Bay is going to just really struggle to hold them under five yards per carry unless you you add a player into the box. You put six in the box in this in the against like a nickel look with these guys, and you're donezo, man. They're just they're too good. Um, run fits are going to be super important. You can't let Pollard get in the open space. He's he's an elite level athlete. I know he hasn't had the season that he maybe thought he was going to have, you know, being the being the number one guy. But I think more importantly than that, you have to take some of the play action pass pass mystery out of their offense. Like the play action pass mystery eyes in the backfield is a real problem for, for defenses against the Dallas Cowboys. Got to get rid of that. Got to put them in obvious drop back situations. So you can call the defenses you want to call number two, uh, Jordan love versus the Dallas corners and Ron Bland. He, again, he was leading candidate for defensive player of the year until halfway through the season leading, leading the league in picks. They play off coverage. They're opportunistic as hell. They think their pass rush is going to get there. It's that's a Dan Quinn. You know he preaches, hey, it's a, it's a it's two part deal. You got to cover. You got to rush. Right. The rush helps the cover. The cover helps the rush. They do a great job of sitting on routes, jumping routes, and making plays. They were doing it with Diggs last year. They're doing it with Bland this year. Stephon Gilmore's a pros pro. You have to be able to hold you know, safeties with your eyes. You see that there's one on one matchups when you have. When you have those those single safety high man looks, like there's matchups that can be had, whether it's the linebacker or the corners, those guys get open, but you have to be able to put the ball into space on time and guys got to come up and make plays for your for your quarterback. Number three, Dallas, uh, the defensive line, excuse me, our defensive line versus Dallas offensive line we talked about. This, I, this is the matchup of the day. This is absolutely for me the matchup of the day. The, 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 the playoff games are one in the trenches. Can this defensive line outperform individually like can they win their one-on-one matchups against a good Dallas group can they force Dak into those bad decisions I showed that pick against Detroit right it's step up in the pocket step back in the pocket run right make it you know miss the guy in the middle of the field those are the things that have to happen 
I think in order, those are the matchups that need to be won in order to uh, and to have a really good chance of winning this this weekend. A couple of keys to victory. Number one, Aaron Jones touches. Um, this guy's been lighter fluid. I just keep calling him lighter fluid until it sticks. The Dallas Cowboys played play great against lesser competition. Really just a middle of pack team against the run. I think they're 16th in the league, uh, 112, 116 uh, yards per game. I think Aaron Jones needs to get 20 touches in the running game. Now, if you can get him in the screen game, you, you put him out in the wide receiver, run the slant again for the first down, great. 20 touches in the running game, averaging five yards a carry. If they are going to put 205-yard linebacker, 205-pound linebackers in the, in the game on a six-man box, dude, just you have to be in a position from a score standpoint to run the football, but you have to be willing to run it. I would bet that Dan Quinn is going to say, I'm confident that you won't run the ball all the way down the field. I know you're going to try your five-yard outs. I know you're going to try your end-arounds. Maybe we'll call that a run game. I, I know you're going to try all this other little stuff. I don't think you'll put the ball downhill against my six-man box 10 times in a row to, to, to score a touchdown. Got to be second and manageable. Got to be third and manageable against this Dallas pass rush. If you watch the Commanders game through its entirety, in the fourth quarter, they got like, I, I'm exaggerating, but they got like five sacks in five plays or like six. It was five sacks and six. It was ridiculous. It was literally sack, 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 sack. Because at, the, at that point, you've got dudes, all those guys can rush the passer, not just Lawrence and Parsons. All of them could. They they bring in their backups. Those guys can rush the passer. What's his name? Uh, uh, the Fowler Jr. He was a first-round draft pick for the uh, Jaguars back in the day, I believe. I mean, all these guys are all these guys are players. Sam Williams, player. Chauncey Golston, player. Dorrance Armstrong, pretty good. I've scouted these guys multiple times this year. Like they're it's not just those, like all their dudes are good, man. 54 is good. 54 is no joke. Dante Fowler's 56, no joke. If you get them all in the field at the same time because it turns into one of those games, man, you you feel bad about yourself after the game. Number two, stay in your lane and play downhill. You saw what the Lions were doing from a run game standpoint against the uh, uh, against this team. They lead the league in, in points, and they're fifth in the league in yards. And the reason for it for me, it's not because they're a dominant running team. Dominant, it's because they do such a good – like they're good enough to run. And Dak and that – Mike McCarthy is – it's like that's one of his things. They're so good at play-action pass – you see corners peeking in the backfield all day. And then they've like Ferguson, CD, they're too good. And and they've got guys. Like they Michael Gallup is still there. Brandon Cooks is still there. I'm naming two, but all their guys are talented. So Brandon Cooks is one of the best guys you've never heard of. He's been to like seven teams. He's good everywhere he goes. He's in Houston. He's good everywhere he goes. Michael Gallup's been a, he's just a good knock. He's never gotten to great yet. All these guys have speed. They're loose. I mean, they're all good. And if you're going to peak in the backfield because that play-action pass game, it's a problem. You see it against every single team. It's a problem. You got to be. You got to communicate. You see when they had the wide-open running back on the flare look because they, they didn't switch that out right. Just a very simple three-by-two look. Screw it up. And zone defense. Linebacker makes a mistake. Like you can't have that. You got to play. You in the playoffs. Mistakes are magnified. You've got to play a mistake-free football game, have to communicate in the second level. And then three, trade body shots early with the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys are going to come into this game and go, you know what? We are better than their defense. We're going to run the football, play action pass, hit CD, hit Gallup, hit Ferguson, 
Brandon Cook's going to catch a touchdown at five yard, you know, five yard stick route. Like this is this is what they're thinking, and we're going to get up points, and they're going to unleash the hounds. And we don't think their offensive line is going to hold up against our defensive pass rush. That's what they're thinking. The Green Bay Packers have to hold the Dallas Cowboys to field goals early, right? They're going to move the football. Just you don't want them to move the football, but they're going to move the football, hold them to field goals, and then like Jordan Love and this team. They, they have to be coming into this game supremely confident they can they can move the ball against anybody, man. And I know they only put up 17 last week, or yeah, 17 last week, but division opponent, blah, 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 blah. Like I this Dallas Cowboys team, to me, is defensively, you've got to be able to move the football, put up points. And especially with the guys that we have on off, like our wide receiver room. If you really think about our wide receiver room, is there a is there a room in the league without a number one guy? Christian Watson's hurt, by the way. That is younger and more like more overall talented. You feel good about what they're doing and everyone's rowing in the right direction. Is there a better room in the league? I'm not saying they're not the best wide receiver room in the league. What I'm saying is for all first and second year guys, for what Wicks and Reed and, and Bo Melton, who Bo Melton, for what those guys have been able to do with Dobbs, Watson's out. Ty, don't forget Tucker Craft in that conversation with Musgrave out too. But what they've been able to do and how confident they're playing, like the difference, the level of development between week four and now, like whoever, the, I don't even know who the wide receivers coach is for Green Bay Packers. Like he should be up, up for offense coordinator, right? Like are, aren't we trying to find guys who can develop talent? Like who does it better than that? And this guy's... If it's Matt, if it unbelievable job, obviously they're putting in a lot of work. We talked about it before, putting in work with the quarterback, but they're on the same page. They're playing so well. So the Packers need to keep using their motion looks, spacing, take advantage of Dallas's the, the soft off coverage plays, whether it's whether it's zone, whether it's single safety, and then you have to be able to ID pressure when it's coming. And you can do all of that through offense. I think Jordan's going to have a really good feel of what's coming at him. I think you're going to be able to make a lot of pre-snap judgments on on plays. I don't think DQ is going to like DQ's from Seattle, man. They're they're not trying to mess with you, right? DQ's the Pete Carroll guy. Like they're not trying to. It's not smoke and mirrors. They're going to play their stuff better than you play your stuff. They have some some changeups, but they play their stuff better than you play your stuff. So you just have to be confident you can execute at a high level. It's going to be a fun. This is going to be a fun game. Seven. The thing about this game, if I'm just being objective here, this game could be a Packers win. This game could be a seven-point loss. This game could be – this Dallas Cowboys team, if they get up 2021 and force you into a situation where you have to block DeMarcus Lawrence, Dante Fowler Jr., Micah Parsons, uh, Dorrance Armstrong, Sam Williams. If you're, if they're just going rotate, 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 it turns into a, it, it turns into a tough game. I don't think, I think the Packers defense is going to be able to, you know, body shot for body shot with this offensive line and, and, and group. I think you take advantage of where you can take advantage of. You have, yeah, uh, 63 at center is, is not a world beater um, against a Kenny Clark. 
You don't know what the health level is of both their guards. I, you assume Zach Martin's going to be back. Not 100% sure on Tyler Smith. Terrence Steele is a um, is a player that, quite frankly, Rashawn Gary should should beat the majority of the time. You know, and he's got to you. You have to find that matchup that is going to be the difference maker in the game on defense, and and that could be it. Now he hasn't he hasn't had the last four or five games for whatever reason. Is it injury? Is it something else? He hasn't had those numbers. And he hasn't had those pressures, quite frankly, that even that Preston's having as far as success against really good players on the other side. But you want to look at that matchup and go, I feel pretty good about this one. And I feel pretty good that I can get Dak off the spot. And if Dak runs downhill, he's great. If he runs sideline to sideline, he's not. Just like most other quarterbacks in the National Football League. So going to be a fun one to watch. And I think we should all be thrilled that the NFL was kind enough to not put it on Peacock. So we don't have to do anything different to watch this game. Again, if you're enjoying, hit that subscribe button, like, rate, and review me. Give me a question. Uh, I'll answer the questions during the course of the weekend before the game on YouTube. If you hit me up on process or on uh, Mike Wall 68 on Instagram or process on X. Have a good one, guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.